Welcome to Lorica, the podcast of Father Patrick Cardine, pastor of St. Patrick's Orthodox Church in Bealton, Virginia. St. Patrick's is a parish in the Antiochian Orthodox Christian Archdiocese of North America, serving the Western Rite. Father Patrick is also the administrator of the Orthodox West. There is nothing more important in this life than to possess and be possessed by the Holy Spirit. The descent of the Spirit at Pentecost fulfills Christ's saving death and even the creation itself. God created the world so that he might become a man. And he became a man in order to unite himself to our humanity and by doing so that he might take our humanity in the ascension into heaven. He took our humanity into heaven so that he could then send the Spirit upon us on this great feast of Pentecost. And he sent the Spirit upon us that the Spirit might take us to where he is in heaven. All that to say, the Spirit descends today that we might ascend to heavenly places. Jesus goes up in the ascension that the Spirit might come down at Pentecost. The Spirit comes down that we might be caught up to heaven, there to behold his glory, the glory he had with the Father from the beginning, and beholding that glory that we might also be glorified in him. You see, what Pascha is to Jesus, Pentecost is to the church. Christ is raised bodily at his resurrection and in the ascension, and we are raised by the Spirit in Pentecost. When he ascended just 10 days ago, he left us standing on a mountain, gazing up into heaven after him. But our Savior, as he promised, did not leave us as orphans. He and the Father have come to us today in and through the outpouring of that other comforter, the Holy Spirit, and he has made his abode within us. Jesus promised that if we love him, he and the Father through the Spirit would come and make their home with us. But really the bigger story is not that God comes down and Jesus lives in our hearts. He comes down that we might go up. The purpose of Christ in you is that you might be in Christ who is seated in glory. Christ in you is the hope of glory. That hope points to glory. Christ in you, through the Spirit, results ultimately in you being in Christ. And where is Christ? He is seated at the right hand of God in majesty, which means that you too are now caught up in the Spirit to be in Christ, seated there at the right hand of God in majesty. He said, Father, I desire that they also whom you gave me may be with me where I am, that they may behold my glory, which you have given me. For you loved me before the foundation of the world, and the glory which you gave me I have given them, that they may be one, just as we are one. St. Paul in his letter tells us plainly that we are no longer dead in sins. We have been made alive together with Christ, and we have been raised together and seated with Christ in the heavenly place of glory. All of this is a work 
an accomplishment of the Spirit. And if we are people filled with the Spirit, we must set our hearts and our minds and affections on things above where Christ is. It is no coincidence that Christ suffered and died at the Jewish Passover. God arranged this so that we might know Jesus as the true Paschal Lamb who delivered us from Egypt, the Egypt of sin and death. It is also no coincidence that 50 days later the Holy Spirit was poured out on the same day as the Jewish Pentecost, showing us that the Spirit is a fulfillment of Jewish Pentecost. We must ask then to understand what the outpouring of the Spirit is. What is Jewish Pentecost? Well, the Jewish Pentecost is all about the giving of the law on Mount Sinai, 50 days after the Passover. Christ, our Passover, is sacrificed for us. We are delivered from Egypt, and 50 days later, the law of God is written on our hearts when the Holy Spirit is poured out on Pentecost. The long history and repeated celebration of Jewish Passover and Pentecost were always pointing to the fulfillment. They were types of the reality which has now come. God himself is the Paschal Lamb who delivers us, and God himself is the Torah written on our hearts. Let's look at a few parallels between these types. The nation of Israel was born effectively at Sinai. Likewise, the church was birthed on this day at Pentecost. At Sinai, the Jews received the law and the covenant. At Pentecost, the church received the Spirit who writes the law on our heart and a new covenant was ratified. Both events was given through the gift of fire. The Israelites escaped death and Egypt, now celebrated as Passover in their history, and 40 days later they arrived at Sinai. Moses went up on the mountain to meet with God there, and 10 days later Moses came down with the Torah, the law. The Israelites broke the covenant, sadly, and 3,000 people died. Well, Jesus died on Passover, and 40 days later, he went up on a mountain to see God. Ten days later, after he ascended, the Holy Spirit came down, and 3,000 people were saved. Both Sinai and the outpouring of the Spirit were marked by wind and fire. The Hebrew word translated thunder at Sinai in the Hebrew Scriptures means literally voices and languages. The thunder of voices heard on Sinai is fulfilled by the speaking of tongues at Pentecost. The fire at Sinai rested on the mountain. The fire at Pentecost rested on their heads. At Sinai, the people were kept away from the fire because man remained in his sin. But in Acts, the fire came upon the people because a man was in heaven and people were capable of receiving the fire because man had been purified and made anew. In both events, God gave his law. Now the word law from the Hebrew is better translated as words. God gave his words. He gave his law, his word to his people. 
At Sinai, he gave the law written by his finger on tablets of stone. At Pentecost, he gives the law written on the tablet of our heart. In the Gospel of John, Jesus promises the gift of the Spirit to those who love him by keeping his commandments. The reception of the Spirit is inseparable from obedience, as we learned yesterday. The very last thing some folks associate with the outpouring of the Spirit is law. <laughs> but there is just no getting away from this. Pentecost is indeed the fulfillment of the law. This is not very exciting to people who think of the law as a list of rules. But the law is so much more than rules. It is essentially the truth of God flowing out from himself into all creation. The law, or the word, is God's articulation of what is, of what is real, of what is true, of what is good and beautiful. The first problem is thinking the old law is just rules. But there is another problem. And the second problem is thinking the new law of the Spirit, written on our hearts, has nothing to do with rules. That's the other problem. The truth must be manifest in concrete behavior. And the Spirit has come to transform us and to bring us into conformity with the truth, with God himself. You cannot say you love God and continue in sin. The Spirit comes and he writes the law on our hearts. What does that mean that the Spirit writes the law on our hearts? Well, there is not God and then some secondary form of truth. There is really impurity, just God. There is not God and then morality. There is just God. There is no law as such. There is just God. The law is nothing less than just an articulation of the truth. The law is God's words, God's word. God in himself is the truth. The Spirit is the Spirit of truth. And when the Spirit writes the law on your heart, this means nothing less than that the Spirit fills your life and becomes the law of your heart. It is you walking and living by the Spirit, being recreated, made anew, being cleansed and purified and made a spiritual vessel of honor. When you are ruled by the Spirit, and not by your own flesh and selfish desires. In this we cease to be our own God. We cease to be an autonomous individual, and we begin to live in submission to another. This is love. The Torah has always pointed to a person, not just rules. It's never been about rules. It has always been about love. The law points to Jesus Christ, the truth, and the spirit of truth who unites us to the truth. But this being so, still in a daily life, it does translate into do's and don'ts associated with a life of sanctification. The coming of the spirit does not abolish the law. It fulfills the law and firmly establishes it in a new way. Again and again in the New Testament, we see a correlation 
between the spirit and holiness. He is the spirit of holiness because the spirit is poured out in order to make us holy. We read so then that they that are in the flesh cannot please God. But ye are not in the flesh, but in the spirit. If so be that the spirit of God dwell in you. But if the spirit of him that raised up Jesus from the dead dwell in you, he that raised up Christ from the dead shall also quicken your mortal bodies by his spirit that dwelleth in you. Therefore, brethren, we are debtors, not to the flesh to live after the flesh. For if ye live after the flesh, ye shall die. But if ye through the spirit do mortify the deeds of the body, ye shall live. We are not saved because the judge chooses to see us differently than we are through a legal loophole. We are saved because we have received the Holy Spirit who sanctifies us. God does not look down upon us trapped in our sin and say, Oh, I know you feel miserable, but don't feel bad because when I look at you, I see Jesus and then leave us there in our wretchedness. No salvation delivers us from the power of sin, yet not in some magical way. It requires our faith, our love, our cooperation. As St. Paul says, if ye through the Spirit do mortify the deeds of the body, ye shall live. Salvation is both immediate but also a process. And in this process, things have to advance in proper order for them to be effectual. So many people think the Spirit was sent to make them happy and feel good. And sometimes we get quite obsessed with trying to feel good and be happy because we are trying to manufacture the fruit of the Spirit's presence. It is better, rather, to focus on the fact that the Spirit was sent to conform you to the law of God, to make you holy. And you can trust that when you become holy, then you will be happy because you will be like God. And God is very, very happy. So stop trying to be happy. Try to be holy through obedience, and you will find yourself happy. The Spirit in our lives also, as he is poured out, fills us with power to be witnesses of the resurrection. Sin in our lives produces fear and shame it takes away from us a sense of confidence to speak, and it removes a sense of authority to speak about what is true about Jesus Christ, our Savior, and the resurrection. Sin silences within us the word of God, whereas faith and holiness emboldens us to speak. The Spirit gives us a voice that we might be witnesses even in the face of uncertainty, the Spirit poured out enables us to speak with authority. We have received gifts given by the Spirit to build the church as well. 
We all become and have called to be co-laborers with God in the construction of a new creation because we are filled with a spirit, that same spirit who hovered over the deep, 